Hello, fellow law nerds. Welcome to another episode of Boom Lawyered, a rewired.news podcast hosted by the legal journalism team that really thinks we should just start dropping podcasts every six minutes because apparently all of the days last years long and I'm tired. My name is Imani Gandhi. And I'm Jess Piclo. Rewire.news is the leading nonprofit journalism outlet devoted to reporting on reproductive and sexual health, rights, and justice. And the Team Legal Podcast is part of that mission. As a nonprofit, Rewire.news relies on your donations to fund Boom Lawyered and all of our evidence based journalism. If you like our show and you want to hear more of it, please donate online. You can support us at rewire.news slash donation. That's rewire.news slash donation. So just a big thanks to our subscribers and a welcome to our new listeners. And Imani, we're just going to keep on keeping on, aren't we? Because I mean, nothing's stopping. Nothing. I wish things would stop happening for like just a minute, you know, so I could like just catch my breath. But this morning, we wake up to the news that Rod Rosenstein is either A, being fired, B, resigning, C, being drawn and quartered in the town hall square, or four, <laughs> being shot into the moon. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Basically, those are the options on. on the table right now. Yeah, and I, and I like how I said A, B, C, and four, because that's the sort of <laughs> mindset that I'm in right now. <laughs> Trump's America, man, we're all bananas. So I don't know about you, but when I first saw the news via Twitter that he had been that he was going to resign and then, oh, maybe they walk that back. And, you know, the sort of like, is he leaving? Is he not leaving right now? The first thought I had was. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. And then the next thing I thought of as well, it had been a really terrible weekend of news for the Trump administration with the Kavanaugh nomination. And so this would be a good time to throw a distraction from the reality TV president. And so, I, you know, I was a little salty and suspicious. Yeah, I have to say, I, I felt the same way. It has been a truly awful week for our friend Brad <laughs> Kavanaugh. <laughs> And it's like, it seems pretty obvious to me that Trump was throwing this out in order to detract from the further allegations that surfaced this weekend. And in fact, there was a report in Vanity Fair that confirmed that, that he was trying to just basically say, look over there, there's something going on, Rod Rosenstein, he might be fired, he might resign, ah! But really, it's just, there's a lot going on here, and so we should probably unpack it for our listeners, because we actually did get a tweet that said, are you guys going to do an episode on the Rosenstein firing and we were like I guess we are now (laughs) because we care that much about you listener (laughs) absolutely but also because this is some really unprecedented shit happening here isn't it it really is and it involves some some kind of vague well I wouldn't say they're vague statutes but um statutes that aren't well known and statutes that aren't really used that much so we figured it might be a good time to explain that so we're going to talk about the vacancies reform act We're going to talk about who would be next in line to take over the Mueller probe should Rosenstein be disappeared in some way. (laughs) Like, I don't know. They might, like, black bag him and put him in Guantanamo. Who knows? Oh, God. So we have a lot to unpack here. So let me just toss out a question, Jessica. Mm -hmm. If Rod Rosenstein resigns, what the hell is going to happen next? 
uh, chaos in the streets, among other things. <laughs> Dogs but, and cats living together. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, who knows? But so um, what we're really talking about here is basically who takes over, who's next, right? Because Rosenstein's wearing two hats. He's the deputy attorney general, and he's also over the acting attorney general when it comes to the Russia probe. And that's because Jefferson Burgard Sessions III is recused from that, uh, from overseeing that probe after it was pretty clear that he gave some false and misleading testimony testimony to Congress. Remember that? Yeah. And remember how he's still attorney general, even though that happened? Yeah. Fun times here. Good times. So so, uh, Rosenstein had appointed uh, Mueller to head up the Russia probe, and that happened in May. And there was another person who has since resigned because the Department of Justice and the federal government in the Trump administration is total chaos. Like they are breaking the government. And here is (laughs) More evidence. And that's Rachel Brand. And she was an associate attorney general. She lasted all of nine months before piecing out. And there is nobody in line to replace her right now. Her successor has not been named or approved by the Senate. So that leaves my friend, U.S. Solicitor General... Noel Francisco. Noel Francisco, come on down. You're the next contestant on Our Lives Are So Fucked. (laughs) Oh, my God. So our listeners. What's the deal with this guy? Who who is Noel Francisco? Yeah, our listeners may have heard me rant a little bit here and there in previous episodes about Solicitor General Noel Francisco because he's just kind of an all-around terrible dude. So let me give you a little bit of background on him. He is a longtime partisan um, operative here. He is a former attorney at uh, the law firm Jones Day. They represent the Trump campaign in uh, regards to some of the Russia allegations. So in a, you know, normal functioning Department of Justice, that would require Francisco to recuse himself. We'll see if that happens. So that's part of the background. He also, Amani, has these ties to the Alliance Defending Freedom. Those guys. Oh, we love them. Alliance Defending Freedom, they're our best friends. All the lawyers there are so social justice oriented and really open when it comes to, you know, respecting LGBTQ people and respecting reproductive rights of pregnant people. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. really stand up. Okay, they're terrible. They're so bad. So if uh, for our listeners who might not know the Alliance Defending Freedom, if you're new and just sort of getting roped into all of this stuff because everything's on fire, um, they are the conservative litigation firm that brought the Masterpiece Cake Shop case. They just sued out a case in Alaska representing a homeless shelter that doesn't want to serve transgender people. Um, You know, they're constantly pushing conversion therapy. And, you know, they brought that... uh, the NIFLA case, the so-called, you know, don't tell crisis pregnancy centers to what they can say and can't say, those kinds of things. So they basically are the sword of all evangelical litigation causes. And uh, Noel Francisco is besties with them. Yeah, they're basically like if Aunt Lydia from Handmaid's Tale had to hire a firm on retainer, she would hire Alliance Defending Freedom. I honestly cannot come up with a better analogy than that. <laughs> well, thank you. Sometimes I sometimes I really do nail it. So you, you completely nailed it. So Noel Francisco is besties with Alliance Defending Freedom, and we know that they're terrible. But mm-hmm. what about Noel Francisco specifically? What about him do our listeners need to know? 
Sure. So his current job is Solicitor General of the United States, and that means he's basically the top civil litigator for the United States. He goes in and argues cases before the Supreme Court, for example. He's the one who directs uh, litigation strategy in a lot of areas for the Department of Justice, and we've seen that play out in terrible fashion so far. So here are just a couple examples. Um, Remember the Supreme Court arguments over the uh, Muslim ban, Imani? Ugh. I'm still really angry about that decision. It's terrible. But yes, I do. Yes, it was terrible. And one of the reasons that um, it was so terrible is because Noel Francisco was up there and offered misleading statements to the Supreme Court about how the waiver process in the Muslim ban worked so much so that he had to write a letter and say, oops, I didn't mean to mislead you. This is what I meant. And misled them again in the letter. (laughs) And that's really kind of unheard of to have to go and write a letter after oral arguments being like, whoopsies, didn't mean to lie to your face, but let me continue to lie to your face. My God. God. Right. So, OK, so so we've got that example. And then, you know, I mean, when look, when when Trump was elected and Sessions became attorney general, we all knew it was going to be a different Department of Justice. But I think some of the career attorneys were surprised at um, just how many radical changes of position that the Department of Justice is and has taken. And um, Francisco has been involved with all of them. He's helped uh, switching sides that uh, in the voter ID cases now coming out right. on behalf of um, proponents of those laws. You know, he argued on behalf of um, a sort of tried to take a middle ground, but there's no middle ground really um, in the Masterpiece Cake Shop. He had come, he and the Department of Justice came out on the side of um, the baker in that case and and argued Mm -hmm. that there should be a way for um, folks to raise religious objections to certain laws. So we got that. And then, you know, I mean, lost in the shuffle of all of this um, because everything is on fire for like the 50th time in this episode to say that is uh, remember Garza v. Hargan? Yes, I do. Yep. That case. So that case is still going on. That case, um, you know, involved the undocumented minor who needed access to abortion and the Office of Refugee Resettlement did everything they could to block it. You will never guess who was helped defending and spearheading that policy, Imani. I'm going to go with Noel Francisco for 200, Alex. Ding, 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 ding. Absolutely. So we have a lot of reasons to be concerned that Francisco takes over in place of Rosenstein because he's shown himself to be a partisan and completely aligned with the causes of the Trump administration. And if he were to oversee the Russia probe, then it could be in, in real danger. However, however... Maybe that won't happen. There's like a slight chance that might happen or might not happen, Imani. What's what's the deal here? Okay, so that involves a little known statute that was passed in 1998 called the Federal Vacancies Reform Act. And the Federal Vacancies Reform Act is a statute that refines the process by which a president fills vacancies in the government. So what we're dealing with here is whether or not Rod Rosenstein is going to no longer be deputy attorney general and no longer be acting attorney general for the Mueller probe. If he were to be disappeared in some way, uh, (laughs) the Federal Vacancies Reform Act allows Trump to fill that vacancy and he can fill that vacancy with anyone who has already been confirmed to um, a position by the Senate. So that means there have been something like, I think, 350 people that have gone through the confirmation process in the Senate. Mm -hmm. That means Trump could ostensibly put any one of those 350 people in charge or, or, or could appoint any one of those 350 people to be deputy attorney general in Rod Rosenstein's stead. 
Now, here's a real fun fact about this, this, the position of attorney general and the position of deputy attorney general. You don't actually have to be an attorney, even though the words attorney are right in the name. Did you know that, Jessica? What? Get out. <laughs> it's absurd. Is, it's absurd. Is this why I've heard Rick Perry is a possible? Rick, I mean, <laughs> literally, he, first of all, Rick Perry isn't even qualified to be whatever he is right now. What is he, secretary of energy or commerce or some shit? I mean, like... Look, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna confess something. I think Rick Perry looks really good in those black rimmed glasses, and but that's not an excuse <laughs> to float his name as a possible attorney general. I mean, he could he could put make Ben Carson the new deputy attorney general. Could you imagine oh, Ben Carson? Good God, Betsy DeVos. At any rate, so yeah, exactly. Oh God, Betsy DeVos and her yacht. <laughs> She would just she would just run the Mueller probe from her yacht that was like set on fire or set adrift or something. I don't even understand. But the point is, is that he can essentially uh, he can essentially appoint anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Vacancies Act is actually Trump's best bet at installing a friendly face into the Rosenstein position because. And this, I'm going to have to quote some language here, so just bear with me. Um, the Department of Justice staffer overseeing the Mueller probe has the power to, and I quote, request that the special counsel provide an explanation for any investigative or prosecutorial step and may, after review, conclude that action is so inappropriate or unwarranted under established departmental practices that it should not be pursued. And all of that is to say that whomever is overseeing the Mueller probe has the right to basically end it. He, that person could throw out all the criminal cases. There have been something like, I think uh, as of July, I read a report in CNN that Mueller had brought 191 criminal charges against Whoa. 32 people and three different companies. And this, of course, includes people like Paul Manafort, Michael Cohen, and all these other shady jackasses. Mm-hmm. Um, the the new Ro- Rosenstein, Rosenstein 2.0, could also dismiss the grand jury. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could just say, okay, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. There are any number of ways, even if he didn't, he or she didn't outright dismiss the probe, that person could make it very, very difficult for Mueller to do his job, and it would be a de facto dismissing of the entire probe. So essentially, if Rosenstein resigns, that's really great news for Trump because he can appoint whomever. But there is a catch, Jess. There's always a catch. Always a catch. What happens if he fires him? Who the fuck knows is the short answer. Oh, here's these uncharted waters again. Like, what is this? The Trump administration is one big law school final exam. It really is because we're dealing with an administration that has no sense sense or sensibility, really. (laughs) has no problem just throwing institutional norms out the window. Mm -hmm. So... The vacancy act, the Vacancies Act is not really clear cut as to what happens if Rosenstein is fired. It stipulates only that the president can um, replace that person if that person dies, resigns, or is otherwise unable to perform the functions and duties of the office. Now, certainly being fired would render a person otherwise unable to perform the functions and duties of the office, but it doesn't specifically say dies, resigns, or is fired. So it's really unclear as to what could happen. And that's really where all of the sort of fuzzy, the fuzziness comes in, the sort of uncertainty as to what might happen. And it's also how this case could end up before the Supreme Court. So let's say Trump fires Rosenstein. 
appoints Ben Carson as the deputy, deputy oh attorney God. general, somebody's going to sue and be like, excuse me, <laughs> somebody Ben Carson. Please sue. If that happens, somebody's somebody please sue. sue. <laughs> and so then that case is going to wind its way through the federal courts and potentially end up before the Supreme Court. Oh. And that's and that's bad. It is. If if Kavanaugh somehow makes it through all this nonsense, and even if he doesn't, and there's some other conservative who has who seems to be as unwilling to check President Trump as uh, Kavanaugh is, and who seems unwilling to even criticize Trump in any way, then we're basically looking at a Trump crony in charge of the most one of the most important investigations that is ongoing right now, and that is whether or not Trump colluded with Russia to basically get this gig as president, a gig which he is failing horribly at. Excuse me, I think I got to go get a beer. (laughs) This is all a lot. But here, let me recap because this is so much. And it's like the recap isn't going to be super uplifting, but here we go. So the chain of command currently says that Um, Regardless of what happens, there is one avenue for Noel Francisco to take over the Mueller probe, and Noel Francisco is not our friend. So there's every reason to think that Francisco would do whatever the Trump administration wanted him to do with the uh, Mueller probe, right? Whether slow it down, make indictments harder to get. Or, you know, end it outright. Um, now, you know, there's a chance that maybe the the folks are a little savvier and concerned about optics. And so they don't want to just go directly to Francisco and they want to find somebody who is an actual replacement. And then that's where the Vacancies Act comes in, right? Right. And, um, and as we said, we don't really know what happens if Trump decides to fire Rosenstein as opposed to having Rosenstein resign. And I'm fairly certain that Rosenstein, being an an attorney and a smart guy, understands that the Vacancies Act is unclear on this point. And so I know that there are news reports that Trump and Rosenstein are supposed to meet on Thursday. Mm -hmm. I think it's unlikely that Rosenstein resigns. I think he will force Trump to fire him, thereby throwing his replacement and that whole process into chaos or even further chaos than it is right now. And I, you know, I try not to be conspiratorial generally, like I, I really don't want like to fall into that space. But I mean, we brought it up at the beginning of the show. And I think we should probably I just want to mention that it's just weird to me that he's going to meet with him on Thursday, the same day that the Kavanaugh hearings on the sexual assault uh, allegations are happening. Like, you know, it's just it seems pretty calculated to sort of draw attention away from that. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I think I'll take one of those beers that you were you were saying that you were going to go get right now. Seriously, cheers, cheers. So, you know, the long and the short of it is um, the folks who are lined up uh, immediately to take over are terrible. And the likelihood that the ones who would be permanently replacing um, Rosenstein, if he goes, when he goes, if he's disappeared, when he's disappeared, also probably going to be terrible. Um, we don't know who they are yet. Stay tuned, I guess. Yeah, stay tuned for more news about terrible people doing terrible things and i think that's gonna wrap it up for us today sorry that this podcast wasn't more uplifting but you know if you go and grab a beer or a shot of whiskey or if you're a a teetotaler just like a maybe a tasty artisanal soda i was gonna say a good sparkling water (laughs) right a nice sparkling water you know hydrate it's important to hydrate because this news is not going to get any better and we don't want you to just, you know die of thirst and go back and listen to our Sonia Sotomayor episode because that one may will make you feel better 
That that one really will, as opposed to the fifteen thousand Brad, Brad slash Brent Kavanaugh episodes that we've done in the last two months. We're gonna Oy. confirm Troy Kavanaugh. Um. <laughs> so that's it for us. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Angry Black Lady. Jess is at Hegemommy. H e g e m o m m y. You can follow at Rewire underscore news to follow our organization writ large, as they say. And you can also join our Facebook group, Boom Lawyered. Look it up on Facebook. Answer the question. I swear on the Lord above, some of y'all aren't answering the questions. And I want to let you in. I want to let you in. But I cannot. I cannot unless you answer the questions. So please answer the questions. And, uh... Oh, let's tell them about The Breach. Tomorrow, tomorrow, y'all, you really need to check out our new podcast, The Breach. Investigative reporter Lindsay Beierstein is releasing an incredible story about a law in Montana that's putting pregnant Native women in jail, and almost nobody knows about it. Again, this comes out tomorrow morning, so subscribe now at rewire.news slash The Breach. That's rewire.news slash The Breach. Please check it out. Boom Lawyered is created and hosted by Jessica Mason Piccolo and Imani Gandhi. Our producer is Nora Hurley. This episode was produced by Mark Folletti, who is also our executive producer. And the Rewire.News editor in chief is Jody Jacobson. 